If you'd like to contact the show, send us an email at liveonfourlegspodcast at gmail.com or follow us on any of our social media accounts on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at liveonfourlegspodcast and on Twitter at liveonfourlegspod. Listening to Live on Four Legs, the live Pearl Jam podcast experience featuring. This is Stone Gossip! Hey everybody now, welcome to Live on Four Legs, a definitive live Pearl Jam podcast. Whether you're here for the first time or the 77th time, welcome back everybody. For those of you who don't know, we are a Pearl Jam podcast that focuses primarily on the live history of Pearl Jam. So we'll take a random or not so random show from their live history and we will talk about the whole thing song by song and break down what made the show special, what made the show good, and sort of the identity of uh, celebrating Pearl Jam uh, music and and Pearl Jam live. And especially right now that we don't have any live shows, it's good that we continue to look back on some of the memories. So we continue on in this weird time period doing all this fun stuff. Randy Sobel here, John Farrar over there. John, thank you for uh, holding down the fort last week. You and you and Patrick Bagel. That was uh, good work from you two doing Cleveland 98. Thanks for that, man. And uh, yeah, how'd you enjoy your? Uh, you had a little break there, a little week off. Got some uh, rest and relaxation at home, hopefully. Yeah, you know what? Um, bought a PS4 with my stimulus check, and uh, <laughs> that's been most of my time. And yeah, I, it, it was good to get uh, a week off the podcast. So. If only, if only we'd gotten that Pearl Jam rock band game that was promised. Was it really? I th- back in the day. <sighs> I thought yeah, it was it it, 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 ha- it was in the works definitely. Oh my god! But then like the bottom just fell out of the rock band bubble and burst, so we they it got, right. got shelled and never made. Yeah. Uh, well, I do remember that they had full albums 
to download on Rock Band, and I didn't yeah, have it for a while. Was there on the Backspacer time? You you could do Backspacer, yeah. and then there were selected other ones. Yeah, I think Backspacer and Ten, and then like a couple others, like Better Man and Daughter, were available. But I remember I had a friend, and he always had these like crazy New Year's Eve parties, and we would play Rock Band every single year, and I would kind of be the one to set up rock band and and like tell people like hey you know you you're playing this and and like let's play this song and like kind of coordinate the whole thing and i made sure i got there early enough to make sure that he had 10 downloaded because i'm like we're playing (laughs) most of this i hope you know so i made him pay like 10 bucks to just download it and use it on rock i'm sure he never played them again but uh yeah those were those were fun back in the day like i i have good memories of, of playing playing those songs on that but um anyway uh before we get a two off track we're here to talk today about copenhagen Hagen, Hagen, I guess like Hagen Das, would it be Copenhagen? Well, that's two A's. Oh, yeah, you're right. Copenhagen? Yeah, Copenhagen. I, yeah, I feel like saying Copenhagen is, is too Brooklyn. Or you have to say it with a thick Danish accent, which I will not I, do. I'm not even, I'm not touching yeah. that with a 10 foot pole. Yeah. No, thank you. Uh, Ed, Ed does really really uh well with his danish in this show and and i would not even know where to begin but yes denmark we'll call it 2012 and um this is part of our around the world series that we're continuing to do for the rest of the year and you know we're kind of in the scandinavian territory right now and we'll get into the heart of europe starting even next week with, uh, you know, the big countries that everybody gravitates towards. So uh, more on that later in this episode. But this one is sort of near the end of the Backspacer tour. And there's not a lot of news going on with the band. 2012, this is the last show of that 13-show European tour. And... Yeah, they then did they a few do a couple of festivals. Yeah, that, in the, they did Atlanta. That was the last time we got a show. Right, made that was in, the first time I'd seen them in fourteen years. Made in America. Um, I was at I was at Made in America festival yeah. that year and in they Philadelphia. Did, they did Deluna, I think, in Florida. Mm-hmm. And yep, yeah, there was just a few scattered ones, and that was it. Yeah, not not really too much going on. Was was the, were there Bridge School shows that year? Or that might have been two thousand fourteen. I think it was two thousand eleven. Okay. Okay. They did bridge. I, yeah, it, it, it's sort of the end of the backspacer era here, and and it's, it's fun to think about that. In 2009, they really kicked it off and they started it. And by 2012, it was over. When Lightning Bolt 2013, they started, and 2018 was really when you started to see the twilight of that happening. So, you know, in comparison, it's just time-wise that they're sort of starting to lengthen it out a little bit. And obviously we know now that we are currently in a different album time period, but I just, you know, I, I think it's interesting that going back and looking at it, you know, Backspacer didn't have as much of a prominence time, uh, time period as, as we thought it did. Yeah, it kind of came and went, you know, that they, they really pushed hard with uh, with the Fixer and then they did, you know, Saturday Night Live with Just Breathe and you had the, you know. Well, the they do whole, Fallon or Letterman with uh, they did, where they did, they did Fallon and They did Fallon with uh, The Roots. Uh, they that was do? all night. Oh, 
all night. Yeah, they did a, whole, a couple of nights there. I think they did Mother for like a Pink Floyd week. Thing where where they do there. Olay? They did Olay somewhere, and I remember that was the first yeah, time they I did ever Olay. heard that. I think song. they did Olay on that was Fallon as well. They did a bunch okay. of nights in a row. Yeah, and then you had the you know the movie comes out, the book, all that stuff. So it was a really there was a lot of stuff going on like 2009 to 2011. And 2012 was just kind of a quiet year. Yeah, just a, a European tour. They were in yeah. Europe uh, yeah. in 2010. And then 2011 was PJ20 and the Canadian tour. So not too much going on there. This is maybe the start of sort of uh, the touring cycle dwindling a little bit, even though it would, it, it would ramp back up in 2013, 2014. But, mm-hmm. you know... 13 dates in, in Europe and some of those being festivals, it's it's not a whole lot. And, and uh, you know, not uh, people probably don't look at 2012 as being one of the more important years for the band, but there are a lot of good shows from this year. Obviously, Amsterdam is, is terrific, but they they pulled out a lot of things at these shows, that Manchester show that had Hitchhiker. You know, there, there are some hidden gems in here. And, and even yeah, you this know, one, and that's the thing when, when not they're bad. not, when they're not pushing an album, they're a little more free to play around with the set list and do some different things, and you get some more rarities. So, yeah, it's a, it's a cool one to cover. All right, let's uh, pause for a second. We will get back into talking about Denmark, but let's uh, bring up Patreon and bring up all of our housekeeping that we do every week. Um, what are we doing for Patreon this week? We got a new episode, right? Yeah, we're going to be uh, doing uh, – we just talked about the Bridge School. We're going to be doing the next – uh, Bridge School, night one of 1996. And that arguably might be their best one. The 94 ones were really good. Yeah. But yeah, the, this the, is... the sets were starting to get extended. You get that really cool version of Corduroy. There's there's still some rare songs. You get some no-code songs in there. And Brendan O'Brien playing the piano. Like, it's it's really good. Yeah, the, it's a it's a fantastic listen, and I think you know most of you who have listened to the Bridge School shows probably go back to this one as as being one of the crowning moments of of the Bridge School uh, history of the band. And and these have been really cool to follow along with. We've been going in chronological order, and you know April is month four, so we're on show four of this. So if uh, if you like the Bridge School series and you like Evolution episodes and you like John and I, and maybe <laughs> want to hear John and I kind of screw around on some episodes, you know, the set list drafts are, you know, us screwing around a little bit. By the way, I, I, I won. I, I declared myself <laughs> the winner of the last one. Um, I, I know I didn't really post anything on social media because I don't want to be the guy that says I won my own contest. Yeah, yeah. But uh, no, that, that it was, was close. It was close. Yeah, the, they were all good. I, I couldn't even, like, if I had to vote, I wouldn't have known who to vote for. They were all really good. You didn't put in, like, uh, an anonymous vote for, for somebody? I, I, did, I did not. I felt like since I was hosting, I should be impartial and not. Well, I got this email from Ian Mackay at, at gmail.com. Oh, yeah, right, Ian Mackay right. lover at gmail.com. And oh, we, we it, got in our obligatory Fugazi mention. That's, I think, four <laughs> weeks in a row now. Wow. That we mentioned Fugazi on the show. We're going to have to pivot and start doing uh, doing some Fugazi live shows. Well, uh, I mean, it would be a fun listen, but I 
I don't think we're doing our fans a, a good service by doing that. <laughs> maybe that's a maybe that's for Patreon. Anyway, if you uh, if you want to check out Patreon and check out what we're doing over there, always new episodes and always trying to you know do fun things like voting on things and setlist draft and you know we're we're always looking for participants in our setlist draft. So hit us up on our email at live on four legs podcast at gmail.com if you want to do one of our set list drafts we'll explain the whole thing to you if you haven't listened to any yeah, and, of the episodes and, yet. Uh, and thanks to the people who emailed uh last week and said they they listened to the show and they sent us an email to get the uh to get the bootleg of the cleveland show uh that offer still applies if you go back and listen to that episode if you haven't if you're still catching up uh, at the end of the episode, I did a little giveaway. Or so they can listen to this one and get this bootleg, even though oh, it's we'll unofficial. See. We'll see. <laughs> but um, but yeah, if you uh, yeah if you listen to that episode near the end, I gave a we decided to give away that that shows bootleg, so that, that offer still applies. Um, yeah, we can we can maybe do do a giveaway or something. We'll figure something out. But yeah, it's 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 fun to kind of give back and uh, and share the uh, the wealth of. Uh, bootlegs that i've accumulated over the years and just a, a special thank you to three people that have joined up on patreon uh two two newcomers and one is a rejoin so thank you to alex turretjen drew vipond and paul mareniak probably the three worst last names i can announce and and try to to say correctly but i i hope i didn't butcher anything there uh alex and drew two newcomers thank you very much for joining in and paul we've done his episode before but uh paul uh is, is back now and we thank paul very much for joining in we know he loves yeah, the podcast guys. so Thank you very much. And if you are interested in uh, in joining up on Patreon, just search for us on the Patreon app or patreon.com slash live on four legs. And again, all those exclusive episodes and, and goodness of, of more Pearl Jam content is available while you social distance and quarantine. So, well, speaking of, I wanted to mention yeah. too if you listen to uh, the Pearl Jam radio on Sirius, uh, they were nice enough to let me pick a wish list. And it's it aired for the first time I think yesterday, and it's airing again tomorrow at eleven a.m. That's Thursday, and then Sunday at noon. So if you if you're around and you want to listen to that, turn on yeah, turn on uh, Sirius uh, Pearl Jam Radio, and you get to hear me pick a few songs and go through my own little wish list and talk about it a little bit. It was fun, and some of those have been songs that we've covered on the show. So uh, yeah, almost all of them. Yeah, a little throwback to that. So here's – it's always good to email us even if, you know, if you send us an email and you're like, hey, can can you guys cover this episode? And, and yeah, we have a long list of episodes that – and shows that we want to cover that we're thinking about covering and, and obviously doing the around the world stuff kind of, you know – it, it throws a wrench into our 2020 where we don't have a lot of leeway to do things. So a lot of the requests that we get, we are trying to fit in in certain spots. So, but there's always requests that, that coming in even from the beginning and, and we're always writing them down and trying to remember the people that have wrote in and passionately uh, talked about shows that they loved. And this one, when 
talking about what shows we, we've wanted to do for the Around the World series, I said, if we do Denmark, we have to do this one because I know that this was a request. And, you know, this wasn't a Patreon request or anything like that. This was straight up some somebody just, uh, you know, hearing about our podcast just emailing us and mm-hmm. saying hey would you guys cover this episode and we remembered it and uh we thank jesper agarbo who got in touch with us back in november of 2018 and su- suggested this episode so it's never too early it's never too late to make a suggestion because we'll always have it on our mind and i made sure you know i sent jesper an email and i let him know that we were doing this and he was nice enough to send us a little story about his uh his experience at the show so we are going to read it so he uh he compliments ed's danish and says it's pretty decent because it's a very hard language to speak and mentions that the, it was summer and the venue was really hot and there was about 10,000 people there all soaked in sweat. That kind of reminds me of, of Fenway Night 2 and how drenched I was yeah, during if you, that. If you watch the video for the show, the, the videos on YouTube, the audio is a little different. They they spliced it in with some official audio from other shows. But yeah, he changes shirts twice and I'm like – is this a different show? But the, no, he's he's just so covered in sweat that he had to change shir- shirts two right. times. Some of those smaller venues, I think, just pack heat and yeah. so much, you know. Uh, the crowd was more lively than any Monday audience that I've experienced, and the band was on fire. Cliche to say that, but I heard a few days before that the Stockholm show that people were saying that they were way tighter. I enjoyed the fact that they played songs from off of all their albums. Everything had a song played from except for avocado. So that's pretty good for that era for nine albums being out and them hitting up eight and, and a few dogs on there. That That's, that's yep. pretty good variety there. Um, his standouts were love boat captain nailed it. We'll get into that. Obviously better man and save it for later. People were really into it. Crop duster, one of his favorite songs and never thought he would get to hear it. This being a sick show. And then the smile story and dedication to Demis Flemian, uh, happening. And we'll get into all that too, that the show was a day or two after his death. So, you know, very appropriate to play that song, but, um, you know, then mentions how amazing the poster is the poster we should make mention is a spawn poster and it's i'm sure it's todd mcfarland art i would think right i I didn't look into that but it's spawn so okay um, but like that's you know history tie-in right there todd mcfarland has this uh you know this history with the band doing the do the evolution episode and he's gotten to do a, a poster for them and it's a it's it's a pretty cool poster too so you know a little throwback to you know early 90s comics there and um uh jesper also says that you know he was with a friend and got to talk to a lot of amazing people in the 10 club line which is one of the best parts about going to shows and you know it's all it's always great to go to shows and then recognize people you know, later on and maybe you lose touch a little bit. And then, you know, he says that he met a friend, uh, that he met at this show again at London in 2018. So that, I mean, that, that's awesome. Yeah. That's kind of what the community is all about. That's kind of what the, the family is all, all about. And, you know, people are always traveling to go see him. So you'll always, you know, gather back around and, and, and get in touch with people. So pretty cool. And, uh, we, again, thank, 
thank Jesper for, for writing in and uh, especially for writing in yeah, in thanks. November of 2018. So <laughs> if, if, if you are thinking about something that maybe we can't get to in 2020, but maybe we can get to it in 2021, send us an email live on four legs podcast at gmail.com. Send us your request. We will get to it. How about, how about, we'll definitely how about this? Write back I got an you. idea. What do you got? If you, if you send us an email with, your favorite show, the favorite show you've been to, a show that we haven't covered yet that you want us to cover. Your social you security send, number. Well, what? You what? Know, <laughs> I mean, uh, they they can do that if you want to. Um, but if you send an email to us live on four legs, the number four uh, podcast at gmail.com with a show suggestion, then I will uh, send you a bootleg of the show. There you go. I think that's a fantastic idea. And, and if yeah. you'd like – to send us your shipping address, we will uh, we'll send you a sticker too. We got sure. loads loads and loads of stickers, so please feel free. All right, now we can get back into talking about the show. And you were going to mention something about X. Yeah, they opened up this show. It's I think we just had the the 40th anniversary of their debut album, Los Angeles, which is one of the best like punk rock albums of all time. And they they just announced they have a new record coming out with their first original like. All original members album in a long time. This is called Alphabet Land. So if you're into the band X, uh, check that out. I'm sure. I'm sure Ed will be getting it when it comes out. Yeah, he's obviously a very huge fan. I think that um, they're great. I I think Mike in this set, uh, in their opening set, I think Mike joined them on New World, and I think Ed joined them on Devil Doll. Anytime that you get an opener that has been an inspiration to the band ed always wants to give back and like help them out and and give them a moment where people can remember x as much as they remember pearl jam so you know for ed doing that for them and i think he was probably doing that most of this tour and i I remember there was a performance in mexico where he came out wearing a luchador mask and and he did devil doll so um yeah you know he's always trying to the the ones that he really likes slater kinney's and and those that he's really really fond of he'll always throw a bone to the buzzcocks those those ones he'll he'll always join him on stage so all right uh metamorphosis 2 a very important and popular walk-on music is played and i think you know it might be my favorite of the bunch that that they've done and i they've gotten away from it in the last couple of years but it's always it's a nice it's a nice build and it's a nice they've intro. never they've never done pendulum morphosis though no i don't think so at some point I don't. Were they? Are you sure? Are you sure they didn't do it on the Lightning Bolt tour? I, I just I can't. I don't think so. Uh, I just can't remember at this point. We haven't done a lot of 2013 shows in the last couple of months, so uh, we'll cliffhanger that. Uh, that <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll table it. So, uh, you know, the Metamorphosis two plays. Ben walks out, and one, two, three, four, two, three. Elderly woman kicks off the show. So, my thought always with the openers and it's a it's a very common discussion that we have on the show is just how you're going to open and essentially tell your crowd what to be expecting tonight and you know you get release long road hey this might be a little bit of an emotional night sometimes 
or wash. Wash could be your rare knight. Sometimes could kind of oceans, be deceptive. Yeah. yeah, oceans could be a little deceptive. It could be rare. It could you know go corduroy openers could mean you're in for a really fast paced night. But you get elderly woman, you get a sing along to to kick it off, and you just get this feel that. It's going to be a lot of fun. That it's they a party. Want, yeah. Yeah. They want the crowd to be involved. They want the crowd singing. And it feels like everybody's in all together on this the whole entire night. Um, I, 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 I've never gotten an elderly woman as an opener before, but I want to know that feeling of sort of what to expect after hearing it. Yeah, I I got it. I got it once in 2016. I think it was uh, Jacksonville. Maybe they opened with it. One of the shows I went to in 2016, and yeah, it was cool. I mean, everyone, every everyone up front immediately was was in it from the very beginning. Like, oh, because you because you know you gotta you gotta do your hello, right? So yeah, everybody I, everybody's in from the very beginning. go to these kind of out of the way places he'll change that line to you know i'm glad i saw this place sure yeah and he does that in a lot of you know a lot of european places a lot of you know when they go to south america you know that's you know because you know they walked around or even the city a place like moline really cool. they open with this moline yeah, yeah. Just but he, he changes that lyric and you know that like they're they really appreciate the, the, the venue and the, the city and all that. They had, you know, they had a chance to walk around and see, you know, Copenhagen's and one of the oldest cities, you know, it's been around forever. So yeah, I'm sure they, they did some sightseeing and he, that kind of stuck with them uh, to, to start off here. Yeah. And it, it kind of sets a really good tone for the night that everything is going to be full of energy. It's going to be fast. It's going to be uh it's going to be a party. And, and I think that's really for the main set that's the meat of what we're going to talk about here. And again, like I said, there are some highs, there are some lows. So it's mostly highs, and I think early on it's especially very, very high. Last Exit Evolution, the first two following the opener, and the crowd is clapping along into that perfect transition, you know, following the elderly woman into Last Exit, and it feels like the crowd is up there, and Ed is, you know, saying something, and he screams, all right, or something like that in the beginning, and it sounds like he's he's jumping around, he's getting really into it, and, you know. Oh, yeah, and Jeff sounds so good. The bass Jeff had a good show on this. Yeah, like it. He's he's really going for it. There's there's one song later on I'll mention too that was really cool, but uh it really sounded good coming off of coming off a of small town. You gotta give the crowd a lot of credit for this version of evolution because this is at the time 
they, you know, the backspacer, are, they're doing the soccer chant instead of the admire me, admire my home. They're doing yeah. the soccer chant, the whoa, whoa, oh, whoa, whoa, oh. So they do it, and it's so good that Ed is, and he's done this before. I've heard this in shows that I've been to and, and other boots where Ed is like, all right, let's do another round. Let's do it again. And he gets the crowd to do it one more time. Oh, 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 oh. that flows from that that makes such a good moment and this crowd after the song is over there was so so much energy after those two songs they stop and the crowd continues to do that yeah that goes back to those 2011 south america shows too yeah yeah the sign of you want to end your tour on a high and and a really really good note like that that's got to make them feel real good at the start of this show yeah any anytime you get do the evolution early anytime it gets lumped in and that that kind of punk rock set at the beginning you know that it's going to be special that's the biggest takeaway that i've gotten from covering you know all of these shows over the past two years or so is that a crowd can make what might be an okay show on paper seem amazing on a bootleg. And I, I think that that's the idea of what this show is. Because on, on paper, it's it's pretty good. But it's not anything earth-shattering. Earth yeah, it's not, it's, a, it's not, a good a, set. not necessarily a long show or a couple huh. of rare songs, but nothing crazy. But... Yeah, it's it's one of those things where you you got to listen to it to get the feel for it, and I think it does help. You know, we I have a an audience bootleg of this, and it's it sounds really good. Like it sounds almost just as good as the official, but you do get a little extra crowd noise in there. I think that helps too. Helps you get a feel for what it was like in the building. For sure, absolutely. So Ed is you know kind of stunned that the crowd is is so into it, and you know they they kind of take a little pause before getting into the next song, and he's speaking Danish. Uh, and English back and forth a little bit and says they're going to do our best to make it uh, a great show because it's been a very memorable tour. And fourth song in, this is a very interesting construction. I think this all works in a very weird way that looking on paper, you wouldn't think it would work. But the first three songs are so powerful and electric that you get to Love Boat Captain and you would think that it's sort of it feels like it could be a a restart or a reboot, but the energy that comes off of it, and everybody there knows why they're playing it. They're playing it because they're in Denmark. The song is 
a direct tribute to what happened 12 years before that. This is, you know, 12 years almost to the day. This show is, I think, you know, mid-July, early July. So, of course, they're going to play it. Of course, it's going to be a good version. Of course, it's going to be emotional. And, you know, when Ed does that, you know, uh, instead of the let the games begin, the let the show begin line like that. Yeah. Ooh, that's that. That brings me back to that Garden DVD. That gives me that little, you know, spine tingle, that goosebump moment right there. It's such a such a good song and such a powerful live song. I don't know why it hasn't been played three or four times the amount it has been, but I love when the, at the end when he does the call and response with the love, 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 and gets the crowd going again. It's it's this is one of the highlights for me. Towards the clear, I know it's already been storm. Can't be said enough. Love is all you need. All you need is love, 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 love. follows it and to follow this and it being corduroy i don't think a lot of other songs could follow a version like this that corduroy to me almost has to be there because yeah, you have to continue getting it's the like a, momentum. it's a it's a restart it's a way to kind of rebuild from something a little more mid-tempo or a little more a little slower but yeah, there's Corduroy's great. It's it hadn't quite gotten to the extended version that would start in in 2013 and and go on towards uh, the present. But there's there's still a great a great solo at the end of it as well. It it really got everyone going up and going again. Yep, I was really I was cu- more curious uh, not about how Corduroy would work after which it worked, but present tense here again, sort of changing momentum and swing momentum yeah, in of, another direction. They're kind of the same kind of song where they start off kind of slower and then it builds to have two songs like that back to back is a little strange. And, and present tense, I think it had some problems at the beginning, like the guitar tone didn't sound right yeah, to me. And like McCready got off a little bit. It seemed like he, he loses, he lost it for a minute and then he picked it back up. But once it gets going, it's fantastic. Like there's again, the, I mentioned Jeff again. There's some great little bass stuff in this too. Six song in, this is not the norm for for that. You know, if present tense is played, it's like a late mid set, sometimes an encore. You know, sometimes or even earlier really in lucky. that two or three yeah, spot, number number three, sure. Yeah. So you know, very very interesting way that they're constructing this early. But I th- I think for the most part, everything up until even flow worked really well. Uh, you get push me pull me, incredibly rare yield deep cut. I love, and, you know, we don't cover this a lot because how could we? It's only been played 12 times or something like that. I I think the number is 12. But I'm not sure if you've even talked about the song 
on the show. Yeah. That's how little we've covered it. Yeah. 13, 13 times they've, they've played it live. And the last time I'm sure we talked about it was the Garden Show from 2010, which you weren't on that episode. So I, I think I love this song live. This is one where they say that you know when you, when you're looking at the deep cuts, uh, how could they ever play a weird ass song like this live? They turn this into an arena song. They make this work. I don't they know that it's it, really energetic. I wouldn't call it an arena song. It, it turns more into like almost like a punk rock song it's so fast and like the guitars are just going like there's it kind of loses they just drop the weirdness that kind of makes it a cool song they almost turn it into like a supersonic or a you know one of those kind of simple fast songs you know so if there were no angels would there be no sin oh you better stop it stop it stop me before i begin but let me just say if i behave when you arrange this place is holy something to chew on if they play this song in the punk fashion like this on backspacer this is a backspacer song is this a top five song on backspacer oh it's a it's a top three song on backspacer easily <laughs> okay maybe a top I, one I, maybe a top I one like, song on backspacer i like more songs on backspacer than you do but true it's you know if you if you want to debate this we'll throw a twitter question out there or something like that and we'll we'll put it out for debate because it's it's interesting it's it's stupid but it's worth the discussion i suppose so um i i i love it live i you know i think the album version grew, you know grew on me after after years and years and years this was one that i didn't yeah but like re- the, necessarily the album version about, it, it it growls and it's like i mentioned again that's the second time i've used that word but it's it's just got a, such a cool tempo to it. And it, it it really goes up and down like with the way the and the lyrics are cool and like it's it's a little funky but not really and like kind of ties back to like the verses era and stuff like i really like the studio version and i i haven't you know i haven't gone back and listened to all 12 or 13 versions but it'd be interesting to see we could do a little mini evolution episode to see how this song changed uh over the uh the few times they played it would be kind of cool how they sure. how they made it work i'd be i'd be up for that throw it in the next evolution tournament even flow follows up on push me pull me and the credit goes to our danish crowd who has been on fire for the first eight and mike solo is obviously very very good here uh he wasn't really doing that much different than he usually does but it, and it's not one of the longer versions that they but they zip through it speed is really this is and not just on the song, but it's the name of the game. Hey, they, they've got the a, they've got a plane to catch. They got to get back to Seattle, man. Right. We got we got to wrap this thing up. But no, the, the even flow solo I think is is worth mentioning because it's and I, I tie it back to you know Gigaton. We talk about Super Blood Wolf Moon when we talked about that song and how the solo is just kind of showy and like he's just kind of like, hey, look at how fast I can play. 
Whereas this Evenflow solo and a lot of these Evenflow solos are are more narrative. Like they they take you on a journey. Like he's he's really doing some nice runs. Like not just trying to show off. He's really trying to express something and emote something, and it really comes through. And I think that's it's so much different. It's a different kind of solo than something like Super Blood Wolf Moon is, which I don't like as much. I like it more when he does this, like the black solos and the the solos where it really takes you on a journey. I really like listening to those. It really takes you to another place. some moments where he can channel some of the greats and you know when you look on some of the all-time greatest guitar player list Mike is usually left off of it and that's because he really isn't a showy guitarist he's not a guy like Eddie Van Halen or Jimmy yeah. Hendrix or yeah a lot of Jimmy his even. a lot of his best stuff like even flow alive even nothing as it seems um things like that black where it really he really the storytelling songs yeah exactly where he can really express something through the guitar it's not just hey look he's, he's not eddie van halen where it's like hey look how fast i can play you know right look, look, right look how it's good less a guitar about talent. yeah it's less about talent and more about what composition and what you can do with the song and how what you can bring to it with your your talent instead of I'm talented, and I will show you how talented I am. So, oh, yeah, I mean, they, they could put out they could put out a live album of his like ten or twelve best solo performances, and it would, I mean, it would immediately be one of the best guitar albums of all time. I, yeah, I, look, I think he's immensely, immensely underrated in the grand scheme of you know, guitar playing and, and a guy that doesn't agree with us is probably Tom Cueve of the alpha Metallica podcast. If you remember, <laughs> that was a, yeah, an argument yeah. that we had. Hello, Tom. Haven't spoke to Tom in a while, but, <laughs> but I, even, I know even something listen. like when we did that Fairfax show, like that version of breath you're listening to, and it just knocks you on your ass. Like the things that he can, he can do with a solo and like the, the, the way he can, use those notes to tell a story is just unbelievable it's there has there haven't been many people that can do that 
yeah, it's a it's a rare trait that you don't find that often, especially with you know today's musicians and seventies. Yeah, he's, he's been he's been doing these these bathroom sessions. We haven't had one in a couple of weeks, but for the quarantine, he was doing he was just just stuff he would like improvise and come up with. And I think it was the second one he did. It was so good, like it sounded so much like something off a of yield, and like he just pulled that out. You know that day maybe he's really got talent. Yeah, and, and but he's you, just gotten know better and better. This, you know that. Yeah, right. And we're this is we're preaching to a choir. So, um, yeah. all right, let's get into kind of a, like a more rarish section here. It's a section featuring a combination of crop duster, wish list, insignificance, and glorified G. And this is where I kind of mentioned this was a really fast show. You mentioned they have to catch a plane, and and everything is trying to capture the energy. You lose a lot by trying to play crop duster and wish list to their full overcapacitated volume. Um, crop duster needs to have groove and momentum and it needs to build. And this was just like pressing the, not the full fast forward button, but the middle fast forward button where you can still kind of see and hear what's going on. But it's just a little bit faster. You can still understand and comprehend it, but it doesn't have the same flow that version, that good versions of Crop Duster do. And obviously it is a completely rare song nowadays, and this was the second to last time that they had played it to this day. But even going into Wishlist, even going into Wishlist, Wishlist is another one where they were just like, the full song was just okay. Let's let's just keep going. Let's let's see how how much faster we can get. And yeah, we just... talked about that. We talked about that last week when we did the nine eight show with with Patrick. Like we talked about wish list a lot, and I went on a whole rant about how it's just not the same. It needs you know that those ninety eight two thousand two thousand three versions. After that, it just it really lost something, and I think it it loses some of its power when it when they play it too fast. Yeah, I I agree. Songs like these need to feed into an audience. They, well, it needs and, to breathe but, a little bit. Exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. It needs it needs space, you know. Yeah. And you know, you get you get some cool things and you get Eddie going off and and he's done his little wish list at the end uh kind of spiel thing. I wish I was the pr- president and I'd end all the wars and things like that. And that, that's cool and, and that stuff is fun and and you know, but man, when you get a really good wish list vi- live, you get like a vibe, you know, s- sometimes I think of like the 98 versions where they have the uh the disco ball going up ahead and you see all the lights uh going around the room. Yeah. I'm th- I'm thinking about those shows. Yeah. And yeah, like that's what I think of when I think of wish list, and this was just not that and it, kind of and it, it it could have been such a like a crowd moment song like it it could have easily been elevated into that stratosphere with given to fly and with rearview mirror and with corduroy and better man like it could have easily been one of those songs, but it just it just lost like they they kind of just fell out it kind of fell out of favor with them after like yeah. two thousand five two thousand six yeah, yeah, they, they, you know, feels like a song they want to play, but they also want to get through to. They're not going to open with it or or close with it, so they're just sort of yeah. it's part of the glue. So, 
Uh, insignificance, fine, good, happy yeah, to have I it. Was great, yeah. Glorified G, awful. Probably the worst version of Glorified G I've ever heard. <laughs> I swear, I never want to hear the song again after hearing this version. It was terrible. Glorified version of I hate this song. I hate this song exactly. Yeah, it's in this is it's in my bottom ten Pearl Jam songs. I. I like the song. Uh, yeah, yeah. I I like the song, but this version is a cluster. You know what? It's Stones all over the place with his backup vocals. The guitars aren't aren't syncing up. Ed is not paying attention during half of it, and it's ugly. And it's not again not a song they play very often nowadays. And and we talked about it when we talked about the Greenville episode where you know they did the little fist pump like yeah we we got this one we, yep. Yep. we hit it. When they do play it, they have to they have to hit the notes. They have to they, they have to hit it right. Well, yeah, I think and this song is too. It's it's based on. A lot of it, it's it's based on timing, like the way that riff goes. That like it's such a timing thing. Where if all of them aren't locked in, like it's one of those, it would benefit from them playing it three, four nights in a row. You would get a really good version because sure. they would be locked in on the timing of it. But if the if the timing is a little off, then everyone's off. Yeah, but that's also another case of. They they play it and the timing's off and they're just like, all right, fuck it, we're yeah. not, let's yeah. not. Oh yeah, how many cause... how many times have they tried to play it and not even gotten through it? Yeah, yeah, it's it's one of those songs. Look, when when they do nail it, it's great, and I love the ninety three ninety four versions of it. But oh boy, yeah this 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 took this took a, a pause from setlist for a while for a reason they didn't want matt to get into this i'm sure but 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 quickly redeemed by the next song i thought why go was fantastic yes you're going back into the fast ones and you're jeff like, again just that bass sounds so good at the beginning yeah jeff was jeff was the mvp for this this main set for sure um and but you're getting the fast songs when you want to get fast songs why go is one of the ones that you think about in this and that's this is one of the ones that should be in the set to be played like this. Wishlist shouldn't be played at the same level of speed that you play a Y Go for this set. Right. If you know what I'm talking about, it, yeah. it has nothing to do with, with each song. But, you know, you get the soccer chants at the beginning and all that, the hey, 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 hey's, and play the fast ones. If you want to say that this show is is – is a sprint and not a marathon play your fast ones and leave the slow slower paced ones or the ones that yeah, it'll, it'll have be more to of see, a progression behind it'll be interesting to see now that they're you know pushing 60 if some of these songs start to slow down a little bit and we start to get a little more room to breathe in some of these mid-tempo songs that'll be interesting to see when the tour comes back i wonder if it could be it could be either one or the other where, you know, some of those songs like seven o'clock is going to be a very long song to play live. Retrograde might yeah. be a little bit long. So, uh, yeah. Comes and goes is going to be a long song. So are they going to want to take a song like why go or state of love and trust and really zoom right through it so they can, you know, space out and let the new songs breathe. Cause they're really into those or I'd be down for just less songs, but longer, like, Give me, give me a fifteen-minute porch. Give me a twelve-minute black. Give me a twelve-minute rearview mirror. Let's really like space some of the shit out, you know. Okay, I I want to hear as many songs as possible. But give me, I want give me them, like a ten-minute corduroy. 
I'm not going to argue with any yeah. of that. But yeah. look, I, I love 30, 32 song set. It's what drove me into wanting to see the band so many times. So, uh, you know, it, it's well, this, hard this is to... A, this is only a 15-song main set. That's even short for this time. Yeah, it's, it's pretty... You're right. And I, I, I timed it out. And it was kind of, it was close to 67 minutes. So usually what? A first set would be 80 or 90 they usually almost? do They usually do 90 now. They've done 90 since the, from 2016 and 2018, I think they were doing 90. Right. And maybe because they had the opener, you know, it was a little bit shorter. Right. But 67 right. is really short for them. But they played the same amount of songs in the encore that they do in the main set. So I guess it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, almost. Anything on State of Love and Trust, Porch, again, really fast versions of those songs. I think Porch was like a five-minute version, basically. Going back to to Glorify G through Porch is kind of like the the throwback, you know, 10 and verses section. You know, it's kind of like, hey, you know, we'll we'll get the crowd going by playing some old songs that everybody knows and everybody can sing along to. All right, first encore here, Ed addresses the crowd a little bit, has some housekeeping to do, mentions that it's so hot in the arena, and uh, Ed changes up his shirt. And most of these shows were pretty hot from what I've read in most of the reviews. Oh, yeah, so it's, it's, it's July. That's what you get when you go play these shows in July. Exactly. So, you know, turn on the sprinklers and, you know, give the crowd a bath a little bit. But kicking off the encore footsteps, just breathe, giving a fly on thought known fixer. This is this is a lot different. This is a different personality in this encore than the main set was. In twenty thirteen you would get a three or four song sit down section. This is only two. And then you get you get given to fly, which does the same thing that Corduroy did gets everybody back up gets the crowd energy back up and then you know you finally get some backspacer songs you do uh let's let's stop touch up on footstep though last week you talked about it being in the set list really early on in 98 that it was what the seventh song in or something like that yeah a little heavier version a little more you know a little more rock version of footsteps we've done footsteps has ended up in in our set lists for probably the last month or so. It feels like it's been at every show that we've done. And Mike is doing some cool stuff in this. It's one of those, I I feel like this is a a post-quarantine song. You hear it live, and I'm going to have a lot of emotional attachment to it when I hear it on stage. Like It just has that you know emotional feel to it. This, This one is a little bit more poppier than... You know, those ominous versions and the rock versions, but it's still like it it still has that magnitude that that footsteps has. It still breathes. It's still, you know, un- unlike the songs that were supposed to breathe in, in the first set, they are starting to let these ones breathe. Yeah. And that's that's kind of where they were as a band in 2011, 2012. They were a little poppier, starting to play things a little faster. That's, you know, backspacer. That's that's what the vibe of that album is. So it's that was gonna, definitely going to translate into into the live show. Look, just just breathe and and give it a fly. Unthought known fixer. This is a very poppy kind of encore. This is you know to say typical backspacer era encore. It, you know, I, I don't know if I'm off base yeah, by saying that, th- but I mean, this is where you would later on you would get like a rare song or two thrown in. You would get like a, you know, it 
it would kind of they would go back a lot of you know this is where you might get a state of love and trust or a breath or they would do all 10 era songs but this is kind of the reverse of that where you're getting all the new songs in the encore then going back to jeremy and rearview mirror at the end it's 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 a unique kind of uh setup for an encore a lot different than than what we normally get yeah and most of the rare stuff that they're doing is in the main set for this anyway with the riot act songs and and insignificance and and that sort of thing but um yep yep. uh given given the fly was i think the standout from all this this version is coming off of just breathe this is kind of the way that i wanted wish list to sound where you have where it's gonna start and build and it's not going to right off the the bat just give you a full a full full speed ahead uh version where when when you get to the chorus it doesn't feel like this euphoria it gives you all of that it gives you the build it gives you that moment where everybody just rises and and jumps up and down and you can feel that just electricity from the crowd sometimes and i you know we've argued about this before that i've said you know you've argued every single given a fly cannot be be touched it, that it's good that there's nothing wrong with it and i've argued that it can get ahead of itself at some point this is the best example that i can give of given a fly in the latter stages of the band sounding absolutely perfect. and it's triumphant and it's you know it really is a nice moment and you know I'll spoil I mentioned the serious wishlist thing I'm doing tomorrow I picked a version of Given to Fly that I've seen for that too because I I just had to like it's a special song it has special meaning and yeah it's it's one of those now where yeah as soon as you get that opening guitar riff you know everyone goes nuts in the crowd because they know it's it's a cool moment and yeah and just breathing to Given to Fly is great I know that's that kind of became a go-to 
in the last decade or so where they would they would do those back to back in the encore to kind of get out of that sit down setting into the the rest of the encore and i really yeah like you mentioned i really like those back to back here yeah a lot of a lot of these songs really soar in this encore you have given a fly into unthought known these are like they're two well i want to mention too the, the story ones. of the the story of the crew yeah that i was, tells I was after, gonna get into it after given to fly is a really nice story it was yeah um a guy by the name of paul who drives uh he's an electrician who drives the trucks to the show and hauls the equipment and it talks about how hard they work from show to show and how they unloaded the trucks really early on and got uh, on a head start before that show and and you know when ed brings the crew into the show and you know some of the crew members by name that that's that's important and that's special and that's something I, I don't oh, yeah, it think goes back, it goes back to on live on enough to live on two legs where if you open up the the booklet you see all their faces in there and the the band members' faces are just spliced in with the crew like it, they're they're no different you know they're they're kind of right. saying like these are all the people who help put this together we're we're just we're no more important than they are you know to get this to get this show out there and yeah I mean how how cool would it be to work for Pearl Jam and to have a job where you you know, you, you get to be the electrician or you get to drive the truck or you get to be, you know, you get to set up the drums or whatever. Like, are they hiring right now? Can, can I, like, can I, I don't for think them? anybody's hiring right now. Uh, I know, it's, but it, it would be, yeah, they have, them. they have, and he mentions too, they've, they've had some of the same people for, for the 20 years and now the 30 years, you know? So it's, yeah, it's really like a family. It's yeah. Go back and, and look at that live on two legs. If you have it, the booklet, with all of their their faces in there, it's it's really it's a really cool moment, a really yeah. cool thing for them to do. Yeah, and you know every and I think that that's that's a late in the tour kind of thing too, where you know they 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 recognize that they're working just as hard as as the band works. So unthought known fixer, we got our backspacer songs. There are three in there, and they're basically almost back to back to back. Uh, Jeremy and Rearview Mirror. Heavy, heavy, heavy bass for Jeff on Jeremy, and mm-hmm. we're just back to full-on sprinting mode in these, and we're coming full circle on the set a little bit here. Great way to end it, and rearview mirror, again, very bass-heavy for Jeff, and it feels like it's full-on sweat mode with the crowd being <laughs> as hot definitely, as they are. Definitely. Yeah, so I, full force, really good. Oh, yeah, there's 486 versions of Rear Mirror, and we always say there's not a bad one. Yep, and there's a little more or a little less than probably a little more of versions of Jeremy, and most of them are pretty damn good, too. So, yeah. You know, no no complaints well, we, either way. We will, we will not be doing an Evolution episode on Jeremy this time. It got, nope. it got throttled by, <laughs> by release, so message received, patrons. Yep. You don't want Jeremy, you don't get Jeremy. That's, you know, your voice has been heard. All right, Encore 2 kicks off, and Ed is another new shirt. the song. New shirt time, so Ed, again, switching it up because of how hot it is in there. Turn the sprinklers on. So Ed tells the story of how Smile came to be, and I think most of us know the story of the song. And it was, you know, there were words that were written by Dennis of the Frogs, on like a little note card and it's one of one of ed's notebooks that he always carries around you know he's always got those little notebooks and and yeah they had just toured with them and 
and Dennis wrote a little note in there with the three hearts and everything. And mm-hmm. yeah, it just he looked at it and turned it into a song. Yep. And I think there was a song written by the the frogs. The lyrics were something like, uh, don't it make you smile if the sun don't shine? Something like that. And it was over and over again. And that was part of what he wrote in this this note to Ed was, don't it make you smile? I miss you already with, with the hearts. So it, it's, it's, it's interesting. And I think that Ed was so close with them and he had such a good relationship that, you know, that Dennis's death, I'm sure, is hitting real hard on him yeah, at this I remember point. I remember when this happened like yeah it was it was tragic yeah yeah swimming accident yeah oh yeah I mean the band has been through so much with tragedy and you know losing family members and losing Pe- brothers peers. band peers yeah. Yeah. yeah so you know I'm sure that this one was really tough but like it, it's he he mentions it. Miss you already is exactly how they're feeling, and that's why smile gets into the set. But um, it's uh, I don't know. Maybe the the ghost of of Dennis was was playing a little prank on them because yeah, the, uh, the frogs definitely would have appreciated this performance. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was it was a little out of tune. It was a little bit sloppy. Um, you know, the, there's what three or four lines in the song. And he got them all wrong. So, what are you? What do you expect? They, yeah, they, they want to do it. They want to honor their friend, and that's you know. The, the oh yeah, you know, and we always, we always say when they when they mess up, like no one left. You know, and right. people didn't go back and like, oh, I'm never going to see them again. They can't even get through a song. Like no, the crowd, the crowd clapped after. So there's a big clap in after. So it's you know, no one. You're right. Nobody, nobody was mad. Um, but back to back, no code. We get happen yeah, in the encore. As rare it is to hear in the encore, it's even rarer to hear it in an encore too, because this was the only time they ever played it in an encore too. Wow, believe yeah, it or not, yeah. yeah. So this was a request that they took, and again, this is kind of a mess, a little bit. It's a little better than Smile was. It's it's not as complicated of a song. It's not dependent it, as much on timing. So it finished better. It had a better finish to it than, you know, I think once you got past the child of the 90s part, they, you know, started to gel and they they, they landed yeah. the finish really well. But, uh, you know. But yeah, another song that, that could have really turned into something cool with the way they, they played at the end. Like it's, again, it, it's, it probably should have been played four or five times more than it has been over the years. I would have wanted more other no-code songs than Habit. I think Habit is kind of one of those that if I'm not hearing it in 95, I, you know, I, I think that 95 was really its peak. But, you know, that's not to say that I wouldn't want it in a set list nowadays. When was the last time it was played? Now I'm curious. Uh, they played it a, a bunch in 2018, actually. Really? They, yeah, I think 
they played it a couple times, like Berlin and uh, maybe like Prague. And there was a, there might have been like a two or three show string where they 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 got into it and they played it a few times. It's only been played ninety eight times. That's... Yeah, two two times in twenty eighteen, once in twenty sixteen, once in twenty fifteen, twice in twenty fourteen, once in twenty thirteen, and then this. Yep. And wow. you know that's it's only seven times since then. Right. All right, Ed is talking again and he talks about music's impact and talks about X who we've uh, talked about, you know, throughout this episode and their impact on, on Ed and the band. And, you know, Ed always gets a little emotional at the, the last night of the tour and that leads into better man. And when you have Ed right at the beginning, say you guys take it, it this is yours giving the mic to the crowd and letting them sing, you know that this is going to be a moment. If you're in that crowd, you're never going to forget something like this. Uh, take over for me on this one. Take over for me. Waiting, watching This is the song too that it's the that moment for the crowd where everyone gets to everyone knows the song everyone gets to gets to scream out everyone wants to see get the bootleg later and see how loud they were compared to the other cities you know so yeah it's it's a special moment and not only that but you know when you get a special version of better man they tag save it for later and they actually do the actual song instead of just doing the don't run away yeah when they start singing the lyrics, you know, all right, well, this is, they're throwing a little something extra into this. So good moment. This was, you know, a top moment for the show. It's one of the ones that people can grasp onto. And like you said, listen to the bootleg and see how loud they were. Yeah, this is, this is perfect for this show. Um, Almost finishing up here, crazy Mary before getting into little bread and butter. Wow. The duel. Who yeah. wins? The duel. Ugh. This was a good one. This was a very good one. Mike is hard to beat. Yes, but, but it, Boom gets the better of him and he finishes the song. I will say that. I sometimes think, I think that he, Mike finishes the song. Ty always goes to the guitar player. Oh, oh. You are the the union of Hawaiian <laughs> uh keyboard players right now are not happy hey, with I'm, you. I am I am pro boom. Don't get me wrong, 
but I think with these, I think sometimes I think Mike toys with him a little bit and and strings him along a little bit. And I, I don't think he... I think this is more a chance for him to just play around. He's not unleashing the full McCready on this. I think it's he's he's got Boom on a little bit of a string here. So Ed recognizes all of the faces in the front that have been out for every show on tour, and he encourages everybody to start a band because they have he's right the they touring should. part down. That that is the hardest part. He's right. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you have that down, and as long as you can keep a tune. And, you know, keep fans interacting, then then you got it. You just got to be good. Oh, you don't even have to be good. I mean, somebody has to like you. <laughs> Either somebody uh, that pays you or somebody that yeah. comes to pay you. Somebody has to like you. So as long as those people can, can manage that. And then well, yeah, hopefully, hopefully some of them did go start bands. I mean, that would be interesting just to, to know if they looked around and were like, hmm. You and know. that's how Post Malone got started. Oh. Hey, he he did a pretty good Nirvana set the other day. Give I haven't watched it yet, and that's why that's I why some, I, I, I thought of it. I saw some clips. I saw some clips, and it was not as cringeworthy as you might expect. As, as Puddle of Mud? Right. Yeah, did you see the Puddle of Mud one? I did not, and I will not listen to it. No, it was awful. They did about a about a girl, and it was, oof. Oh, was it god-awful. Oh. All right, so bread and butter time. Alive, Baba, Ledbetter. Alive feels like that last moment for both the crowd, the band. They want to oh, yeah, go it, off on the store on a high note. Yeah, it started with Small Town. This is this is a party show, right? And yeah, they're bringing down the house on this. Every last bit of energy that they have for this show is going into Alive, and you know. Baba has the energy that brings the house down too, and and really Ledbetter doesn't finish with like the strong arena rock presence it, it's more bluesy which i thought was interesting yeah you would expect maybe a little wing or something like that but on the last night of tour but yeah i think is it's just just whatever he was feeling at the time i think it's it's just a function of of how he's feeling you know and coming off of of crazy mary and alive like bob o'reilly you know those are more kind of you know, he got a chance to do the arena rock thing. So I think, yeah, just end it with, with something emotional and get a little get a little slow and bluesy with Ledbetter to close it down. Yep, and Mike jams out a little bit at the end before they officially say goodbye. Great way to end it, you know? Like, don't ever... Like, obviously, we, we get bread and butter and, and we gloss a little bit, but you can't sleep on Ledbetter ending a show like this because it's the perfect, you know, recap of the night. It's the celebration. It's the goodbye. I don't think that there's been a show. Thank you. Yeah. I don't think that there's been a tour ender in the last like 10 years that they didn't play Ledbetter to to end a tour. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, I always go back to, you know, and this is going a little further back, but you go back to Mansfield 2003 where they had to play oh, yeah. it again because mm-hmm. no one would leave until they played it. Right. Right. It's it's become that song that like, okay, now it's over. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And we've – we said we, – we got a, a lot of, you know, comments when we did the fake set list. If we closed with a rockin' in the free world or an indifference, people people got bad. 
people literally got mad at a fake set list. So it's okay. It's oh, just yeah. fake. People people take it seriously. Right. They they said no lead better. No, I'm not coming. I I will have a heart attack if I don't get lead better. It's it's okay. The indifference is good too. Rocking in the free world is good too. But I get it. I have a I have a feeling River Cross is going to end some shows when they come back. I have a feeling that the first show is going to open with River Cross. Oh, I don't know where you go from there, though. Anywhere. Hmm. Anywhere. I, I think know. that I think that it's going to have people in fucking tears. Oh, it, whatever song they play first will. Yeah. I I think that. It's either River Cross or, or Long Road. I don't think there are any. Oh yeah, I did choices. that the other day. I was I was thinking about, you know, you could make a set list for the first song back where you could just, I mean, it it would not let up. Like every song would have people, the whole crowd in tears the whole time. We'll have to do that as a um as one of the set lists. Wrapped. We'll have to do like Ooh, yeah the, the first song, this. the first tour back. Yeah, first show back from the world right. tour comes back. Yeah, that would be crazy. Right. So, um, all right, let's recap a little bit. Your top three moments. All right, uh, this was tough because, like, you, like we talked about at the beginning, there's not like a really standout thing that jumps out at you and goes, "Hey, I'm this is it." I mean, obviously, Love Boat Captain, I think, is is there at the beginning, uh, being such a meaningful song and. Uh, the way they played around with it, you know, the love call and response I really like. Um, I'll say Better Man, letting letting the crowd take it there, and great, save it for later. And I'm going to go, I don't think I've ever done this as a, in my top three, but I'm going to say Even Flow. And the, the solo there, I really... I really like that even flow solo. For some reason I was I was in the mood for it and it really it really was nice and I think it really bookended that main set really well and I think it really anchored the whole the whole set. So those are my those are my three. Yeah, I, I definitely felt something different from this even flow. It wasn't a generic one at all. I you know we talked we we spent a lot of talk time talking about Mike for a reason after that because it it inspired us to to spark a conversation, but, um, yeah, love book captain and better man are definitely in my top three. And it's kind of a toss up between do the evolution and given a fly. And I'm going to say do the evolution because it's, it's a crowd night. It's, it's a crowd heavy night and do the evolution is just, you know, them stopping and, like catching their breath after playing it and the crowd continuing to sing that call and response part. Oh boy. Was that not one of the best moments of the show? I I can't, I can't think of a better singular moment from this show. Uh, the crowd at most of these European shows are hot. They're great. And you know, this was, you can't ask for anything better for the last night of a tour. So, all right. Um, ranking. What are you giving it? It's an interesting one to rank because yeah, it's good enough it's to not, get a high ranking. There but with the, it's not up there with the Amsterdams and the Berlins. And there are some cool moments. I, I like a lot of the, the stories that he told and the, the banter and the crowd stuff. So I'm, I can't give it any higher than an eight. So I'm going to say seven and a half. Uh, I'm going to go with a seven and I feel, I feel bad when I give, and, and seven's not a bad grade at all. It's not a bad ranking, but when you give a show, I mean, there's only 
really 10 or so rankings that you can give it so we never really give shows much lower than five so if you're getting lower than a five then it's really really bad but uh, matt's really the only person that's ever done that but um, (laughs) i think the nagoya i think i gave a five and that was about as low as i get I haven't given a five in a long time. I don't remember the last time I gave one a five. I have to be in a bad mood to give a show a really low ranking. I'm giving this a seven because, and it would have been an eight if that middle chunk of the set list between Crop Duster and Wishlist didn't try to be like the rest of the fast-paced, energetic part of the set. If it had, if those songs were paced out had breathing room, had their own personality like they did in the encore because, you know, they came back out for that encore and played a lot of those soaring and spacious songs, and they sounded great. They all sounded really good, but they could have done that with those two songs, and had that have happened, it would have been a really, really good show. And listening to it on a bootleg, listening back, I'm thinking, I'm like, ooh, that was just a little bit off the mark for me. So I'm that that's my seven. And that's as, you know, uh, critical as I can get with another otherwise very good show with, with a crowd that, that I really, really appreciate. And yeah. If we were there, it's, it's, it's up there for the people that were there. It's a nine and a half, 10 for sure, because oh, yeah. they're, they're so interactive, you know, they're, you're getting those, you're still getting them. Every show is great. Every show's got those cool moments in it. It's just a matter of whether it, kind of transcends the the average you know the the median level pearl jam show and transcends that and crosses over into the classic realm which is your eight and a half nine nine and a half tens but this one quite doesn't get there i think the and it may be a function of just the heat maybe a function of the last night of tour maybe the wine got to him a little bit by the end but yeah the the main set's a little short it's there may be like yeah the, the the way the backspacer songs are kind of thrown in the encore is a little weird, but it's, I mean, it, it was, it was a great set, but it's, it's just not up there with those classic ones. Like some of the ones we've done. Right. We want to make them difficult to get to eight. So, you know, we'll leave it at that, but yeah, it was fun. One to listen to fun. One to go back on. And again, thank you to Jesper for, uh, for requesting this over almost two years ago, like a, 18 months ago. And you know, it, it always, always pays to just write in and say hello and and tell us what you're what you're looking for and this is a show that you know we are the middleman between the band and your memories so this is basically us trying to give you something to look back on and and remember and, and give another opinion from somebody who may may have not have been there but may look at the band from a different perspective as you do and may make you listen to a bootleg in a different way so you know that's look that's that's what we're all about and we love the music and that's that that's why we do this whole thing so um thank you again for jesper and and if you have a show that you want us to get to obviously for the patrons you get to request a show that we will do and we'll have some some of those coming up in uh later this year and and remember to send us an email live on four legs the number four podcast at gmail.com with a, get a show suggestion and we'll send you the uh the mp3s of the show indeed indeed yes we are when when it comes to suggestions we'll take all suggestions but 
earlier the better. Get us some of that early stuff. Get us some of that 94, <laughs> 95, 96, 98. Give us all that good stuff. But yeah, we'll take we'll take the 2011s and 2013 stuff too. Absolutely. Um, all right. What do we got going on next week? Do you know? You should. Is this the is this the big one that we've been waiting this for? This is the big one. Yes. Yeah, this is this was a big one for me. Yeah, so we are continuing the Around the World series, and again, I think I mentioned in the early part of the episode that we were going to start getting to the bigger countries, getting to you know some of the places that a lot of our listeners are from. And this one, Berlin, Germany. I, Berlin has a really good history with this band. They've played there dozens of times, and they have a great crowd. And this one, you can go back to all of the Berlin shows and still as many of them that, that were good with, with the, the cup holders being thrown in the air. I, I think everybody, when you think Berlin will say 1996 is the one that they think of. And just because everybody has that attachment to it, it's like Atlanta. It yeah. Was it, was, it was broadcast radio. on the radio. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember I had the cassette tapes out for this one too. Yep. So we'll get to talk about those things. It'll be a really good episode. It's the first time that the three of us, of me, you and Buckley will be on the show. Buckley will be joining us after a little bit of, uh, uh, an absence, but he'll be back and we're excited to have him back. And again, we haven't, the three of us haven't been on an episode, so that should be interesting. That should be a lot of fun and a good one to break down for, for three of us. So when we say can't miss episode, we mean it. That one's going to be it. That's a classic show. Definitely. That one's going to be it. So, Again, uh, for anybody that wants to help out the show and donate, head on over to patreon.com slash live on four legs or the Patreon app and search for live on four legs. And uh, we got some cool things going on on there, including the exclusive episodes. So, you know, Evolution Series and the Bridge School episode for 1996 that's coming out this week. That's all stuff that you can get right now on Patreon if you would like to support the show. So without further ado, again, Thank you all for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for joining up on social media. And for anybody that's contacted us in the last couple of weeks, thank you very much. And again, to all of our patrons too. So we close this out by saying this may be the end. We're here, but not for much longer. And although we may be parting ways, I miss you already. And I miss you all days. Since Ed got it wrong, I'll get it wrong too. <laughs> uh Thank, thank you, Dennis. Thank you for that. Um, so we will see you back here next week for Berlin 1996. Until then, what's your last word there, John? Stay home.